0: Hello, I am Heidi, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Al, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so excited and looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself.
1: Oh, wow. Well, first of all, Heidi, thank you for asking me to be on your show. greatly appreciate it, and it's quite the honor, so thank you so much. Jeez, uh, I, I grew up in West Jordan. My parents moved out there when I was about nine years old, so I was like a little Tom Sawyer. I was out there shooting my bow and my BB gun and playing in the irrigation ditches and the canals and, and uh, throwing dirt clods at pheasants. <laughs> <laughs> Went to uh, Bingham High School there in South Jordan, graduated in 81. Went out right out of high school. um, Decided I wanted to go to uh, trade tech, Salt Lake Community College. But back in those days, in the early '80s, you couldn't go just to learn a trade. You also had to take English and math and science. And I'm like, yeah, I just did that. I I don't want anything to do with that. So I ended up working construction. So uh, I got to travel around. I started laying television cable. That was the construction. Of course, television cable was big in the late '70s, early part of '80s, and um gosh went to colorado spent some time in colorado then from colorado to arizona then from arizona to st george utah and then back here yeah and then um quit here and started working on a pump rig it's like an oil rig but it's a it's a pump rig for water wells instead of oil wells did that for a couple years and had a buddy that got hired on at a manufacturing plant here in salt lake and. I actually just drove by his house one day and stopped in to say hello. And he's like, Hey man, we're, we're hiring mechanics. And I'm like, really? And so he goes, I'll put it a good word in for you. And three days later I was working at the manufacturing place and I spent 24 years there and uh, lost my job in 2009. And since then I have been working on myself. I wanted to figure out who I was as an individual and, I didn't want to punch a clock for corporate America ever again. And I've done a plethora of things and about, I don't know, a little over a year ago or so, maybe two years ago, 2020, actually I found out what my why was and I've been going that direction ever since.
0: Ah, yay. Okay. Well, that's got to bring us to our lemon to lemonade story then. So there we go. Tell me me more. Tell me more.
1: (laughs) You know, um, I, I ended up getting married in 2009, which which was the same time that I lost my job. So 2009 was really a, a pain in the butt, to, to be honest with you. And and when I do speaking yes. engagements, uh, I joke about it because I got married in May of 2009. In July of 2009, I lost my job. And then in August of 2009, my, my wife lost her dad to a heroin overdose. And so I'm like, yeah, 2009, I got married, and that's when life went to crap. And and it really did. And so people laugh about it, but it's really true. About a year later, I was working on saving our house. I used all my retirement and everything to hang on to what we could hang on to. Ended up losing the house. And uh, I noticed my wife's drinking just starting to get really, really bad. And that's when she kind of tipped over the edge. And it was really, weird because I had made the decision. I had quit drinking. I mean, just, I wanted to stop everything and we didn't drink a lot, but, you know, we partied here and there and had friends come over and I wasn't a big drinker except for on the weekends, but I just stopped everything. And I'm like, you know, I want to figure out who I am as a person. I thought I was a good person. And I started realizing I wasn't really as good as a person as I wanted to be. And, um, just kind of, you know, how you get those feelings. And I don't know how many of your listeners are spiritual people, but, uh, I was actually embarrassed to hit my knees. I hadn't hit my knees in a lot of years and I hit my knees and I just kept getting this feeling that something had to change in me, you know, and that's kind of where things started going. And, Gosh, I don't, I don't know. It, it was a crazy ride. I really didn't know where things were going. And then when my wife's alcoholism got really, really bad, I think it was 2018 or 2019. I don't even remember anymore. But um, her her addiction took me down a pretty dark road. And I was actually on my way home from a networking group. And I said, you know what, I'm going to fix this. And the way I was thinking was I'm going to go home and I'm going to get my pistol and I'm going to go up in the mountains and I'm going to take my life because the mountains is, and I get emotional talking about it, but in mountains, I just love the mountains. I love being up there. And my thought was if I take my life, number one, I don't have to come home to the crap that I come home to every single day. And hopefully if I take my life, that'll get her to stop drinking. And that was my thought process. That's how bad her addiction was um, affecting me. And uh, luckily I got a phone call. And when I hung up, I saw the picture of my two daughters and my three grandkids, and I broke down and I just started bawling. I was crying so hard I couldn't see the road. I had to pull over, I stopped, I cried, I don't know for how long, and I'm like, you know, (laughs) something's got to change. This is, this is just crazy. This is stupid. I'm, I'm thinking about taking my life and taking time away my daughters and my grandkids have with me just because of what's going on with my spouse. And things kind of started changing a little bit at that time. My wife was still battling the addiction, but um, I sat down and had coffee with a friend of mine. And I was just getting to st- where I was starting to share my story. A lot of people that knew me Knew something was wrong, but they didn't know why. They just knew I wasn't the same person that, that they knew. And and um, when I sat down and told him, he's like, Al, you, you need to share this story. And I said, and this, these were my exact words. I'm like, who the hell wants to listen to my story? And he goes, who the hell wouldn't? Because there's other people that are going through the same thing that you're going through. And I thought about it a little bit more and I I went. I prayed about it and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I never thought of it that way. And that was like part of my healing, you know, so I actually started getting lunching engagements and be invited to luncheons to come out and talk and share my story. And that's that's how I started. I, I just started doing little speaking engagements. And then, of course, in 2020, COVID hit. I did my last luncheon, I think it was the first part of March. And of course, the, around the end of March, that's when they really started putting their foot down, saying no more social events. And and uh, I just thought, gosh, I, I just kept thinking there was something else that I needed to do. and. Um, My wife's addiction was taking me down a pretty dark road again I was I was battling with it and like I said I I love spending time in the mountains I'd go up into the mountains even with their snow I'd hike up to certain lakes even if they were frozen over or whatever and and uh, I have a lot of cool things happen to me when I'm in the mountains and I know I get emotional talking about this sometime as well but i know i was visited by god or jesus somebody was there by my side and i just remember a hand being put on my shoulder and say everything was gonna everything's gonna be okay and everything has been okay it's just things have just the whole throughout 2020 something told me i still needed to do something i couldn't figure out what it was i just couldn't figure out what it was and somebody was mentioning podcasts and i'm like well i think i've heard of them but what are they really i you know and they started telling me a little bit more about it and i went oh my gosh that's it that's it i can do a podcast and i could get my story out and get a message out and things just kind of took off from there
0: whatever happened with the addiction
1: well, my my wife will come up on 19 months sober as of July 9th. Uh, it was still pretty, pretty tough. Um, even when I first started doing the podcast, she was very, very upset with me. She's like, you're just doing that to make you look like you're a glorified human being. And I'm the piece of crap spouse. And, and then one day uh, she came into the studio with me. And we were interviewing somebody that had battled addiction. And when we left, when we left, she goes, do not stop doing this podcast. She said, I watched you. I watched you there in the studio with this person and watched how much it means to you. And she says, you definitely have a message to share. And she says, I will be behind you 100%. And that was only into about the third month of us starting the podcast. And then around the end of the year in October, well, it was actually Labor Day last year. We were out for a walk in the Jordan Parkway and and she goes, babe, I'm ready. And I'm like, You're ready, ready, ready for what? And she goes, I'm ready to share my story with you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And she goes, I want to be on your podcast, but I have my terms. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, what are those terms? And she goes, first, I get to pick who the co-host is. And second, I get to pick who the guest co-host is because we bring in a guest co-host. And she picked the host was JD, a friend of mine who was actually my co-host. And then she picked her sponsor to come in and be the guest co-host. So in October of last year, we shared our story for the very first time. And um, we just basically went through the whole thing, how it all started and where I was in my life, where she was and how things kind of tipped over and Lots of lemonades, lots of sourness was happening (laughs) during that time, but uh, I believe we've added a lot of sweetener in there and uh, well, we don't want to say sweetener, we'll just say the real sugar (laughs) (laughs) and things have just kind of taken off from there.
0: Wow. That's incredible. I'm so proud of both of you. Like, it sounds like she had her addiction for like, what, nine, 10 years then.
1: Yeah, it it was probably around eight to nine years, but it was probably about the fourth year into it is when it got bad. I had the cops over all the time. I was watching her. I mean, I was the one calling the cops, you know, and I was watching her get thrown in handcuffs. And I mean, I had kicked her out. I don't know how many times which I kicked her out thinking I'd have some peace. And I wouldn't have peace because then I'd be up all night afraid that someone was going to kidnap her because she'd be so drunk she could hardly walk, you know. And then I'm thinking someone's going to grab her. They're going to use her for sex trafficking. You know, they'll keep her liquored up or drugged up. And I'd I'd be awake all day night, you know. And then if I didn't hear from her, then I'd be freaking out because I didn't hear from her. And then a lot of times her phone would be dead or she would lose her phone and somebody would call me from a random number saying hey your wife's here she's passed out on her lawn and what do you want me to do and yeah it was just it was a living hell basically
0: yeah and why did you stay most people usually would leave a marriage at that point why do you think you stayed
1: and you know i i asked god that question so many flipping times why why am i staying and I did file divorce three times and I canceled it three times because it would seem like she'd go to rehab and she'd get out. And here's this woman I fell in love with. She'd be back and then slowly and surely, but surely she'd start slipping back again, you know. And whenever I prayed and asked God, why are you putting me through this and should I stay or should I leave? And I kept getting the same answer all the time. It's like everybody else has given up on her. Her family has, her kids have, you know, it's, it's like, if you give up on her, that's it. You're all she has. And, and my wife told me that many times when, when she would have weekend passes at a rehab, she's like, babe, you're the only one that is stuck by my side. And you're the one I've put through the most hell out of anybody. But that's the answer I just kept getting Heidi. It's just, stick it out, stick it out. And I, I believe now I had a a friend of mine on a show, Nicholas T. Smith, who is, um, wrote a book, the giant and the smalls, incredible, incredible book. And he says, when you start looking at life and you connect the dots backwards, you start seeing why you're where you're at today. And I found that very interesting. And I started going back and I started thinking about all this stuff that's happened to my wife and I, and I went, Oh my gosh. This is the reason God kept telling me to stay. Because he knew this is where my path is supposed to be, you know, by doing speaking engagements and telling the story and helping people who have been on the other side of addiction like myself understand just a little bit more about what people who suffer addiction, what they go through and how hard it's not as simple as we think it is. You know, I just tell my wife, "Just stop." Just freaking stop. It's that easy. Just stop. But now that I have been in the addiction world and I've interviewed all the people that I've interviewed with all types of addictions, just not drug and alcohol, but it's been sex and porn and gambling. And there's just been such a plethora. And the addiction affects the brain the same way. doesn't matter what the addiction is. The brain reacts the same way. Now I know that's why he kept me here. So I'm glad you asked that question, but that's the only answer I can come up with.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful answer. So for your Lemonade Now, you're speaking, and what what's your podcast? Tell me about that.
1: So the podcast, the best name that I could come up with, it came to me, I believe, overnight. And when I talked to a friend who wanted to start it with me, she thought the same thing. It's called The Other Side of Addiction. And the reason why we kept it the other side of addiction, first of all, is because somebody who's on the other side of the addiction, they don't have a lot of support. You know, they have Al-Anon and and things, but there's not a lot of support and there's not a lot of understanding out there. And I wanted to share my story. And then my friend, Lori, who was my first co-host, she was about six years sober at the time. And she goes, Al, you know how hard it is to be an addict and working your butt off to be on the other side of, to get on the other side of the addiction. So it was set. Yeah. The other side of addiction became the title. And uh, we just went over a year this past April. We've interviewed people from all over the world. So, but uh, yeah. And then the speaking, we're, we're doing a, Healing Utah Success Summit in St. George, Utah. And we have just all kind of come together and we decided to do a speaking engagement. So we're all going to get up and tell our stories, which is going to be pretty cool. We have the addiction story, mine on the other side of addiction, and then Mallory's addiction stories. So it's going to be a cool event. Yeah,
0: it will. It will be so inspiring. To Who, who will come to that? Who's invited to go to that?
1: So Pretty much anybody and everyone. Okay. Um, we we have we have a lot of support from. So Steps Recovery is our main sponsor. Usara is going to be there. Matter Behavioral, which is like another recovery center, is going to be there. Um, Wing Nuts is also one of our one of our sponsors. Uh, anybody that is on the other side of the addiction, or has a friend or a loved one who's battled addiction. Yeah, anybody that wants to understand a little bit more about addiction and and what we go through and and uh, we want to get rid of the stigma. You know, addicts are not the labels the society puts upon them. Um, I get emotional sometimes when I talk about this, even in my speaking engagements that. Since I've been in the addiction world, which I never, ever thought I'd ever be around, but. The guests that I've had on my show are some of the most inspirational and spiritual people i have ever ever met my whole life and it's because they have dug themselves out from being many of our guests said you know i thought i hit rock bottom and then i figured out my rock bottom wasn't rock bottom there was another rock bottom and some of them went through seven rock bottoms you know which got worse And to see where they are at today in their lives and what they're doing and how they look at life and how they feed off the spirit and the higher power, it is just, I I would hang with these people all day long because they are just amazing people. And that's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: I'm so glad you get to be around people like that and interview them and hear their stories. and, And you can be that encouragement and that light in their life as well. And I think it's yeah. a beautiful gift you have too.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely inspirational. We've had probably a half a dozen or more people come on and actually share their story for the very first time where they've never ever shared it. Maybe at an AA meeting, but not publicly. Publicly. Um, we had a mother and daughter on our show. It's the first time the daughter sat next to her mom and told her mom what it was like having a mom that was an addict and an alcoholic. And I tell you what, what an emotional, yeah, very emotional show. And it was, it was cool to be a part, to see the mom and the daughter build that relationship back in to understand what each one was going through. It was just, just amazing to be a part of it.
0: That is amazing. It's a beautiful gift. So I just have to ask uh, uh, you and your wife now, she was on your podcast. She's been sober for a year and a half at least. And that's amazing. So what what are your, where are you at now? Or what are, what is your future looking like now?
1: Well, we're, we're hoping uh, the future, more speaking engagements pop up. Um, I believe now that's really Like I said, a couple of years ago, I figured out what my why was. I believe I need to be up on stage and sharing my story to help people understand a little bit. Will us on the other side ever understand addiction 100%? No, we won't. But even if we get to understand 6% of it, it really helps us. And it helps us with our loved ones. Um, My wife, she's still looking for a job. She's had a hard time finding a job because of her past which is another thing I've talked about on the podcast. You know, people see the addicts and alcoholics downtown salt Lake, and I've been one of them. I'm just as guilty where you say, you know, why don't you get your act together and, and contribute to society? Well, there's a lot of them that they finally get themselves to that point, And then society doesn't give them the opportunity to get their act together. So what do they do? They go right back to what they know. Um, but, uh, yeah, things are looking looking good. We just celebrated my wife and I celebrated our 10th or 11th wedding anniversary this past May. We we've, we've been together about 16 years or 15 years. Yeah, and just hoping that the podcast continues to grow like it has has been, but that's that's what I'm visual, visualizing for my future or for our future. Yeah. I would say people just learn how to forgive. You know, I really there's so much anger and so much people just aren't looking at life the way it needs to be looked at. We all have our differences. None of us are better than one another. You know, I have issues that I deal with and, and, you know, I looked at myself as better as somebody else that was battling addiction or better than this person, you know, I'm, I'm not any better. And I really had to learn how to forgive. And it's okay for people to believe what they want to believe. It's, it's okay. Who am I to try to talk somebody into believing what I want to believe in? You know, it's not, it's not my place and it's not my job. So just forgive people and also love, man, start sharing and start, start loving more hugs. We, we need more hugs. I, I'm a hugger. And my wife had a hard time when we were first dating, because I, I, I love hugging people and I have a lot of lady friends and Lots of hugging, but I hug all my guy friends as well. You know, we, we got to get more love out there and more understanding and let people be who they are. You know, are there some bad people out there? Of course there are, you know. But, um, yeah, just accept people and and love them. You know, love and, and forgive because uh, once I learned how to forgive my wife, things started changing in my life as well very quickly
0: yeah i have always taught that forgiveness isn't about that other person forgiveness is for you so that you don't have to keep carrying that hate and resentment anymore and so yeah. it frees you and so as you forgive your wife even though her behavior never changed you still had to forgive her for where she was at in her life and that freed you to be able to look at her with more empathy and love
1: yeah you nailed it yeah right spot on yeah
0: So you do, you forgive for yourself and then it just blesses everyone else in your life. So I'm glad you learned that concept too, because that's a hard one to learn. That Mm -hmm. one's painful too. So people don't like to forgive because they think it makes it okay that that person is doing that behavior. Oh, if I forgive them, it tells them they can keep doing it. It doesn't matter if you forgive them or not. They're going to keep doing whatever they're doing. You just don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to hold on to the resentment of it anymore.
1: Yeah. And that's, and I'm glad that you put it that way, Heidi, because there, you know, there's some people that did some bad things, especially in the depths of my wife's addiction. And, 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 I won't say who they are, but I have forgiven them for what they have done, but it's people that I, I don't want to be around. You Absolutely. know, it's like, Hey, I don't trust you. This is how I feel. I'll forgive you with what's happened because I don't want to hang on to that, that's you know, sad. but don't come up and try to be my buddy. You know, I'll be nice to you. If you say hi, I'll say hello back. I'm not going to be ignorant, but you can still forgive people and you don't have to surround yourself around them.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for bringing up that point. Just because you forgive them doesn't mean you let the toxic back into your life. Yeah, You need to keep your distance and take care of you and keep doing you know what you need to do. And that's why forgiveness is so important because it frees you it has nothing to do with that person. They can move on and keep doing whatever they're doing, (laughs) but don't carry it anymore. Yeah, well, thank you. Wow, Um, thank you. This has been so educational and I am just so glad that you are speaking out. I'm so glad that you stuck it out. (laughs) I'm so proud of you for going through what you have been through and you can talk about it now and encourage others to get through whatever they might be dealing with because addiction is hard for those and those on the other side, those who love the addicts. And so I'm glad you can be that voice for those that are just enduring the pain and hardship of it that aren't the addicts. And you've gotta be represented as well because it's painful for them too.
1: Absolutely, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: You're still here? Well then, enjoy this little outtake from that interview.
1: Support Heidi with you know lemonade stand, please, because it means a lot to us podcasters when we can get our following, you know. And um, yeah, just get out there and support her any way that you can. And and if anyone also is interested in listening to the other side of addiction. We're on all the platforms as well. You'll know that it is our podcast when you say, see the green and blue AR, which stands for Al Richards. So it'll be AR, the other side of addiction. And, and if you go in, I mean, just like you do with Heidi, subscribe to Heidi's podcast. Please subscribe to ours, you know, because uh, as us podcasters know, it it really, really helps us. And we do this. We, we don't make... I mean, I don't make any money on our podcast, you know, but we do it because we have a passion and we we care about other people. And, you know, with your podcast, Heidi, it's all about resiliency. You know, it's coming from the lemons and making making lemonade. So it's it's that same realm. And when you hear other people's stories, you'll be surprised. You'll probably hear someone that has a story that's just like yours. (laughs) And you're going to go, I'm not alone.
0: Yeah. Yep. And that's what I always tell people. There's so much power in me too. And so I try to share stories from anyone who's willing to share their story because somebody, it will resonate and they can say, wow, me too. That happened to me too. And just the part of not knowing you're alone anymore and that you can do this. That's why I do this every day is to encourage people and inspire them and help them to understand give it another day. you got this. That's it. I love your message as well. So thank you. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode. Because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.